The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Bill Walter, you are listening to episode 242 of the podcast. Are you joining me live on Facebook or YouTube? Today is Sunday, May the 23rd. Just me again this week. I know it's been a few weeks in a row without Jeff the Animal Wilson. I know everybody misses him. I know I miss him because it's just hard for me to talk for an hour uh, by myself with nobody to bounce ideas off of and blindly agree with me most of the time um that's why i have to drink so much guys i gotta coat my throat to be able to deal with uh you know this marathon of speaking for an hour it's harder than you think if you think this is easy try and do it and try and drink as much as i do when you do it it won't work out very well i'm drinking uh bacardi oak heart which is my favorite, I guess, like bottom shelf rum. It's um, aged in American oak. So it obviously, you know, leans more towards the, the bourbon flavor profile, which is why I like that in a rum. And uh, I'm just drinking it with some, some kind of like antioxidant, like sugar-free fruit punch thing. So I just kind of threw it together. It tastes pretty good. Rum and fruit punch goes together really well. Shout out to Mark joining in. Mark must have the notification set on. That's why he's always uh, right here when the episode starts. So I advise everyone else, please do the same. Set your notifications to go off whenever we go live on Facebook or YouTube. It's, it's always more fun when people participate. I know most of the audience here is uh, on the audio side, but we do like having people join in on the live chat. Love hearing your opinions as I go. And um, yeah, so I was saying, set your notifications. Please uh, like, subscribe, share, leave comments, uh, leave reviews uh, on your Apple podcast or wherever you happen to be listening. It helps us out more than you might think. Uh, so please take a few minutes and do that. Uh, it's been a it's been a long week for me. Um, even today, I was I was getting a lot of work done. You guys can see I, I'm wearing a hat that's covered in drywall dust. Uh, <laughs> so was making some repairs today. Uh, in addition to uh, I took the little one to the beach for a little while. Um, had to squeeze that in. You know, you whatever you're doing when you're a toddler parent, you have to factor in some way to tire out your child. Um, otherwise you're going to have just a miserable day. That's the most parenting advice I can give you. Just budget time to tire the kid out or you're going to pay for it dearly. Um, for example, she's already in bed. It's almost uh, 7 PM Eastern here. Uh, so we really wore her out at the beach there, but Pretty worn out myself, not going to lie. Sparring yesterday and then uh, did yard work the whole rest of the day. Cleaning up all these 
annoying pine needles in my yard. You guys don't want to hear me bitch about that, though. Uh, more rum. Alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That was by the great Homer. Not the one who wrote the Greek poems. Uh, Homer Simpson said that. Uh, if you guys want to grab some MMA on the Rocks merchandise, you can do so through our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% off your order. Not just on MMA on the Rocks merchandise, on anything. So they have fighter gear. They, they sponsor fighters from the UFC all the way to the local circuit. Everything in between. They got training gear. MMA sparring gloves, jiu-jitsu geese, gear bags, everything you need to begin your pursuit uh, to being in the UFC. And they sponsor a lot of badass fighters. So if you're one of these people that always says the fighter should be getting paid more, then go buy a t-shirt and put some money in their pocket so they can, you know, buy some organic food and pay their trainers and do all the things they need to do to chase their dreams. And you can do so at reaper1.co. As always, I'll put the uh, I'll put the link in the show notes for all of our merchandise, the t-shirt, tank top, and the hoodie. I still don't have a hoodie yet. I didn't <laughs> I didn't bother asking for one because it started getting so hot in Florida. So it was always it was always at the back of my mind. There's there's never really a time when I need a hoodie. You know, I, I wear a sweatshirt like maybe two days out of the year down here anyway that's that housekeeping out of the way let's talk some fights shall we i'd like to start by wishing a big congratulations to paul felder on his official retirement which he announced on the broadcast last night and it's funny because i never really listened to the broadcast i you guys hear me say this every week i i turn the volume down because i don't like to be Influence. I like to give you guys my opinion um, on the fights that's, you know, just based on what I observe. So I, I don't like to be swayed by the commentary, even though I do enjoy it. And I'll watch it if I rewatch the fights later and stuff. But I was just turning the, the card on. I was surprised it started so early. And so the sound was on and I heard Paul Felder talking about his retirement. You know, he laid his gloves down. In Sydney, I think it was Sydney, uh, when he fought uh, Dan Hooker, laid the gloves down, and then he came back to fight RDA. wasn't even training MMA. He was training for like a triathlon or something, and was like, "Sure, I'll f I'll fight," you know, former champion on a week's notice or whatever it was. That's the kind of bad motherfucker Paul Felder is, um, and I've always admired that about him. You know, there are a lot of guys and girls who say I'll fight anybody anywhere anytime but there are very few of them who actually will and Paul Felder is one of them uh, and that's why you, you have to have respect for Paul Felder uh, even if you look at like even if you look at his last couple of losses RDA on short notice uh, five round war with Dan Hooker that was an all-time classic fight could have gone either way Lost to Mike Perry because he stepped up on short notice and moved up 15 pounds to fight him at welterweight uh, and, and still hung in there with him. His two wars with Edson Barbosa, uh, those are classic fights. And, you know, the, the one 
where his leg was so battered it looked like he couldn't even walk. Give me a break. How tough is that guy? And then, of course, you know, the cuts, the epic cuts that he's taken, the gashes across his forehead. The guy has to have so much scar tissue. And then he heals like he's like he's Wolverine. Uh, you know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, fighters. Oh, sorry. It was, it was, uh, Auckland, not Sydney. Thanks Mark for correcting me there. Um, one of my favorite fighters to watch of all time, great Muay Thai, great submission defense. You know, you knew when Paul Felder was on the card, it wasn't going to be a boring fight. He wouldn't allow it to be. And, uh, it's awesome to see him moving on to his broadcasting career. I think he does a great job. He does a great job with the contender series. Uh, you know, he's so knowledgeable about the sport. Still doesn't know the difference between a Darson and an Anaconda choke. And I, I always find that funny uh, that he, he always admits it every time. Um, but yeah, he's so good. Um, you know, I know he had like an acting background. He went to, he went to some kind of like drama school or something before becoming a fighter. So I have no doubt he's going to be successful as a broadcaster. I wish him all the best. Selfishly, I'd like to see him fight a few more times, especially, you know, with how hot this lightweight division is right now. But, you know, I, I'm sure he made an intelligent decision and, you know, considered his family and realized that he has an opportunity to provide for his family and do something else that uh, doesn't require as much time away in terms of a training camp and, and things like that. I know he's got a daughter about the same age as my daughter, so I can kind of empathize with that. I wouldn't want to be going away for weeks at a time from my daughter, uh, you know, at a time in her life where, you know, everything's kind of sensitive and she's really aware of what's going on now. So that's, that had to have been tough. I'm sure that weighed into it, but yeah, just congratulations on an incredible career, uh, Hall of Fame career in my book. You know, if anything, just for the Barbosa fights, um, I, I think he'll end up in the Hall of Fame in some way. At least one of those fights has to has to go into like the the all time great fights wing or whatever they call it. And uh, we get to keep seeing him. Um, doing the broadcasting. So congratulations, Paul Felder. Hope you enjoy your retirement from fighting and, uh, you know, dedicating yourself full time to the broadcasting career. All right. Let's talk about the fights. UFC Fight Night 188 or UFC Vegas 27, however you want to call it. Back at the apex, back with no crowd. Now, again, I'm in, I know I'm in the minority here where I, the crowd doesn't matter to me because, again, I don't watch with the volume on, so I don't hear like the crowd popping if something big happens or anything like that. So it doesn't make a difference to me. Main event, Rob Font, pretty one-sided victory over Cody Garbrandt. Now, Rob Font is just starting to come up. So, and Cody Garbrandt, obviously the bigger name here. So a lot of people would think that Garbrandt's been fighting longer, but Font actually has more experience. He's 19 and four now, whereas Cody Garbrandt is 12 and four. So Font has a little bit more MMA experience. I know Cody Garbrandt has some boxing fights as well. Um, I, a lot of the dialogue here was that, um, you know, Cody Garbrandt has fallen off and he's not a lead anymore and kind of negative talk towards him. 
instead of giving Rob Font the credit that he deserves here uh, for having an excellent fight uh, and, and having a great game plan against a tough fighter like Cody Garbrandt. What I saw from Cody, it, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't agree that he's fallen off and that he's not a lead anymore. I think he's still a top bantamweight. I think he's still dangerous. I think he can knock out anybody in the division. What I saw was a confused Cody Garbrandt. He seemed like he didn't fully commit to whatever his game plan was, or he didn't really know what it should be. I think he realized that Rob Font's boxing was a little better than he thought it was going to be. He had a hard time getting inside on that jab, so he couldn't land you know, the big overhands and the big hooks that he normally does because Rob Font was doing a great job controlling the distance with the jab. So, you know, then he decides, well, maybe I could out-wrestle him, which he did. Uh, but then he figured out that, you know, wrestling somebody takes a lot more energy than trying to knock their head off. You know, even the way Cody Garbrandt does it with loading up every punch, it's still more exhausting to wrestle. Um, you know, one minute of wrestling is way more exhausting than like five minutes of throwing punches. I don't care who you are. Unless you're like Clay Guida. <laughs> so there's that. And then I think he just wasn't able to recover from that. And he was a little bit slower. He was get, starting to get tagged up as the fight went on. It started going into, you know, five-round territory. I think the Cody Garbrandt, the best Cody Garbrandt we ever saw, obviously, was against Dominic Cruz. And I think that fighter is still there. Um, you know, there's just been some confusion along the way. I know there's been some bad injuries, some staph infection. Uh, you know, it, obviously he suffered a couple of brutal knockouts, uh, you know, two or three really bad knockouts. But I, I think the talent and the skill is still there. But, you know, he's been changing camps. And I think he did a split camp for this one between – uh, Jersey and team alpha male. I think he's just got to, you know, pick a track and stick to it. Like he he's getting too old to be moving around and doing different camps. Like he kind of has to get back to what got him to the dance, you know, being, being a really solid boxer with great takedown defense. Um, and, you know, he's got the wrestling in his back pocket, which is, which is an awesome tool to have. I mean, it's not like Rob Font is an easy guy to take down and hold down. And I, he landed, I think, three takedowns against him. So, you know, he's got that tool, but, uh, you know, if he's going to use it, he's got to realize, you know, how much it's going to expend his energy. And I don't think he realized that until it was too late in the fight. So I am not on board with all the comments of, you know, Cody Garbrandt is not elite anymore, and he lost to this guy, Rob Font. But this guy, Rob Font, is also ranked in the top five and he is so for a reason. I mean, this is a bad dude right here. Um, I, I think the next logical thing for him and he did make the call out is to take, you know, probably the loser of the, the Dillashaw and Sanhagen fight. Cause whoever wins that is probably going to fight for the title after uh, Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling, you know, settle everything there. So, and I, any way you want to do it, I think those are great fights. You know, Rob Font versus Dillashaw, Rob Font versus uh, Sanhagen, 
uh, and even down the line, Rob Font versus Sterling or Peter Yan. Like this guy, he, you know, he's a legit threat. I think uh, I think his striking, he can keep up with with anybody with the striking. And the only person out of those mentioned, well, maybe Aljamain Sterling, but the only person who could threaten him with the wrestling is TJ Dillashaw. Um, you know, it seems like he's got a pretty good guard. He's, he's got to work on getting back to his feet if he's not going to, you know, throw up any submission attempts or anything. But, you know, those are little kinks he can work out. His boxing is so good. He's so good at controlling the range, controlling the distance. Um, you know, that's why that's part of the judging criteria. When you can control the distance and control the pace of a fight, that's huge. Um, and that's what he was able to do with Cody Garbrandt. Uh, he was able to land a lot. He bloodied him up. Um, you know, he got him frustrated, but I, I don't think this is the end for Cody Garbrandt. I think there's still great fights. I think there's still potential for greatness with him. He just needs to, you know, kind of get back to his roots and, and get back on track with what got him to the world championship in the first place. And maybe that might mean, you know, finding some motivation again that, you know, maybe he lost along the way, but I, I wouldn't count him out yet. I'm not ready to do that. So that's not what I saw. I saw him, you know, get outclassed by a better fighter last night. And it doesn't mean that he'll always be the better fighter. You know, these two could rematch and it can be a completely different fight. <clears throat> so congratulations, Rob Font. Great performance. You know, I definitely want to emphasize that. I don't want it to be – and this is always what it is. When the bigger name guy loses, it's always like, oh, well, he can't do it anymore, as opposed to giving the other guy the credit that he deserves for beating somebody who's a former champion who who has, like, probably the scariest knockout power in the division right now. You know, you got to give Rob, Cron Rob Font all the credit. Uh, for putting on a performance like that. And he he did get rocked a couple of times by Cody, too. Like, Cody stuck him a few times in that fight. It was a good fight. Uh, you know, it started to be really one-sided after, like, the third round. And I think I even I think I even gave Cody maybe the first or the second. I know everybody was saying he didn't do anything with the takedowns, but I always say you get the takedown, and that's big. Because have you ever taken – a professional athlete to the ground and held them there when they don't want to be there. Not an easy task, folks. Come event, Carla Esparza, dominant over Xiaonan Yan. Um, this was, you know, this was a different level for Carla Esparza. You know, I, I, I can't remember ever seeing her this vicious. You know, she's always had the wrestling Probably the best wrestling in that division, especially now that uh, Tatiana Suarez is moving up to flyweight. Esparza definitely has the best wrestling. Um, her, her technique is so good. She makes it look easy. Um, and Jan kind of gave her that first takedown, and it was all downhill from there. Uh, she wasn't making any attempt to get back up. All she was doing was, you know, they say she wasn't trying to win. She was trying not to lose. So she was trying to stop Carla from mounting her, you know, with the, when you put your ankle up on your knee to, to prevent the mount, that's not trying to get back to your feet. 
that's just hoping like the round is going to end soon and I, and the referee will stand us up uh, as opposed to actively trying to get up. Um, but Esparza wasn't having it anyway. Even when Jan was trying to get up, Esparza, you know, was a step ahead of her every time she got that crucifix position at the end, bloodied her up, just vicious, brutal from Carla Esparza. It was awesome to see. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people calling for her to get a, a rematch against the champ, Rose. She has a win over her. Uh, so, you know, there's a little, there's a little vendetta there, a little drama. So I'm sure Rose wants to get that one back because she's a competitor. Um, you know, the fight between Wiley and Rose doesn't warrant a rematch. So this is the next logical thing. Carla didn't take any damage in this fight. So I'm sure she'd get back in there in like three months or so and uh, take it to the champ. And I think that's a fun fight. And if you asked me like six months ago, would I want to see Carla Esparza fight for the title? I would have been like, no. <laughs> I'm good. But now after seeing this performance and knowing she has a win over the champ and you know, there's a little friction there. Yeah, let's do it. Let's set it up. I'm all for that. Let's give her the opportunity uh, to, to get back that title that she touched for a brief moment. You know, the first ever strawweight champion and then lost it quickly to Ioana. Uh, okay. Bloodbath of a fight. Jared Vandera against Justin Taffa. At some point, uh, Vandera got struck with an elbow, I believe it was, against the cage. And then both of these guys, like their stomachs were just covered in blood. It, it looked like it looked like something out of The Walking Dead. Like they just slaughtered a whole bunch of zombies or something. And just walked out of it. And and neither one of them reacted to the blood. This is what I loved about it. Like, these guys are covered in blood. Like, blood everywhere. You know, this is like it, like they worked in a slaughterhouse. Uh, and, and they just keep, you know, throwing bombs at each other. This is a really fun fight. Really exciting fight. Uh, Vanderaa getting the unanimous decision. Uh, it went the right way there, in my opinion. He definitely did more damage. You know, Tafo just kind of wildly swinging for the fences he did land that one big shot that cut vander out obviously um but he, you know aside from that he was just getting picked apart in this fight um so that was a fun one and it what was weird about the cut is that it was small but it was deep so they put some vaseline over it and it just disappeared that's weird um, very strange cut. Uh, Norma Dumont split decision win over Felicia Spencer. I'm surprised to see this as a split decision because uh, I saw Felicia Spencer losing this whole fight, like every single round pretty much. Um, you, you know, admittedly, I was a little distracted, but, you know, from what I saw, Felicia Spencer wasn't doing anything until the end of the third round where she wound up on top. So I can understand maybe the judge is giving her that. But even then, I think she lost that third round. I don't know. Feel free feel free to disagree with me. But I saw Dumont. Her striking was much more fluid. This was the most stiff that Felicia Spencer has ever looked. And <clears throat> I was thinking while she was fighting, like, maybe – 
you know, maybe she didn't get a good warm up or something, but she kept using the same feints. Uh, she kept throwing kind of the same strikes. And it was, even though it wasn't really working for her, she kept going to the well again with the same things. She wasn't really setting up any takedowns. She was just kind of trying to smother Dumont. Dumont, you know, it, her striking was just much more fluid. She was, she was beating Felicia to the punch a lot. Um, and it, yeah, Mark is saying it right now. Bye bye, one forty-five. It it's tough, man, because there's just there's just not a lot of women that big that fight. You know, um, we we just saw Bellator like Cyborg fought, I think Leslie Smith again, and and knocked her out. And it's like there's just it's just not a deep division anywhere. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of names, but they're all in different organizations, and and you know that's never going to work out. We can't get you know Kayla Harrison to to come fight Amanda Nunez or or Cyborg. You know, maybe Bellator and PFL can work something out where, or or maybe Kayla will leave the PFL and go to Bellator so that she can fight Cyborg. But she's she's like the third biggest name. For, for, you know, these larger females. And she's not even fighting at 145. She fights at 155. Uh, so, you know, she'd have to make quite a big cut. I, I don't think Cyborg would mind uh, moving up to 155 for a fight. But even then, you have a super fight. You don't have a division. So are they fighting for a championship? Like a champion of what? Like who's the best out of you two? <laughs> like, like, I... I don't really see the point. Like, what are we doing here? Um, I think I think they're fun fights, but yeah, not not a whole lot going on with this division. And and hopefully, you know, I can be proven wrong, and some some girls come out of the woodwork and and end up getting UFC contracts or Bellator contracts, and we could see this division get a little bit more competitive. Obviously, I want everybody to have the opportunity to compete. You know, it's not their fault that they're the size they are and there's nobody for them to fight. Can't blame them for that. Damn, this rum punch is delicious. All right. Uh, Hikaru Ramos and uh, Bill Algio. Tell me how you guys thought this one went because I was a little confused. And I, I'll admit to you, I was in and out on this one too. I wasn't – it didn't have my full attention yet. I had it on in the background. And I tried to rewatch it this morning, um, but my daughter was up, and you know she she kept pulling me away from the computer. I was trying to, while I was trying to catch glimpses of this, I saw Algio landing a lot of shots, controlling the distance, um, but it seemed like nobody was surprised that that Hamos won. Um, I don't know. How did you guys see this one going? I'll I'll defer to you guys. So you know. Leave a comment down below or, or send me a message on social media. Let me know what I missed. So I need to go back and watch this a third time. And now, listen, the Vandera and Tafa fight was awesome. I think it probably won fight of the night. For me, the fight of the night was Jack Hermanson and Edmund Shabazian. Uh, this fight was so great because it had it had everything you could want in a fight. It had, you know, 
back and forth striking. You know, one guy was getting the better of the striking. It had great wrestling. It had great scrambles. It had, you know, ground and pound, submission attempts, all this stuff. And Jack Hermanson impresses me because he's not built like a wrestler. You know, he's he's a lanky guy, and he's a really good wrestler. Um, you know, most of the guys who have been good at wrestling don't have a lanky build. You know, you look at, like, Daniel Cormier, um, Ben Askren. You know, these guys have, like, stockier builds. Matt Hughes. You don't have, like, a lot of long, lanky guys who can wrestle. And I think, you know, Jack Hermanson wouldn't do well in, like, a freestyle wrestling match um, because he doesn't wrestle that way. He gets he gets tight body locks and, and uses inside and outside trips uh, to kind of drag people to the ground and drag them into his world. And that's what he did with Shabazian. Um you know, it was, you know, Shabazi won the first round. I gave the second round to Hermanson, but it was close. And then the third round had to be a 10-8 for Jack Hermanson because he was just on top battering Shabazian for the entire five minutes. Um, so th this was a really great fight. And, you know, Shabazian, I think, just came into the UFC too young. And, and saw some success, and they, they threw him to the Wolves a little too early. You know, Derek Brunson beat the brakes off of him, and now he's in. he was in there with Hermanson. It's just too much. I think it's time for a big step down in competition. I think he, he still has so much potential, but he should have done, you know, they should have groomed him a little bit more instead of trying to pressure this, like, youngest UFC champion. I don't know why that's a goal for some people. Like I have to be the youngest person to ever do this. Why? <laughs> Why? Why can't you just work on being the best to ever do it? And like, you know, do it the right way and take the right steps. There's no rush. You know, you don't need to be getting in there with, with top five guys when you've only had like 10 fights. Um, but yeah, Jack Hermanson needed that one. Um, I mean, these are two guys, I think both of them were fighting like, co-main events or main events in their last fights and now they were the opening fight of the main card so when you're the opening fight of the main card if you lose you you're most likely on the prelims the next time so you know it's a must-win situation for both of those guys ben rothwell submitting chris barnett in the second round with a guillotine um ben rothwell i think was not supposed to win this fight but nobody told Ben Rothwell that. <laughs> uh, this guy, Chris Barnett, uh, you know, a lot of hype behind him, exciting fighter. Um, this is the first time he was ever submitted, uh, so that's something. The guy's 5'9", 263 pounds. I mean, he probably could fight at middleweight <laughs> if he really wanted to. Um, but, yeah, you know, don't don't put somebody in there to make a name off themselves off of Ben Rothwell because he will take that personally. Uh, Court McGee, unanimous decision over Claudio Silva. Bruno Silva with the knockout, one-minute knockout over Victor Rodriguez. Josh Kulubau 
uh, unanimous decision over Shailan and David Vorak. Rear naked choke, two minutes and 18 seconds of the first round over Juan Camilo uh, Honderos. And then <laughs> Ismagulov, unanimous decision over Rafael Alves. So that was that card. I don't know if you guys can hear uh, my daughter crying in the next room. She's just waking up and asking for me. So there's a chance. There's a chance we could get interrupted here. Uh, let's take a look. Take a look at next week's card real quick. And other than that, I'm going to keep it a pretty brief episode this week. Um. I'll tell you the thing I'm most excited for next week, and that's the return of Santiago Ponzinibbio. I don't know what the deal has been with this guy or where he's been, um, but here's a guy who was, you know, just about to hit his stride. He was just about to hit his stride on a title run, and then, you know, whatever happened took – two years off or however long it's been. He's getting in there with the undefeated Miguel Baeza, 10-0. So that's the sleeper fight right there. That's the one I'm excited for. Um, the main event is good. You know, anytime Rosenstrike is fighting, I'm, I'm in. Um, I, I don't think it's a big draw of a main event. Jairzinho Rosenstrike against Augusto Sakai. It's going to be a fun fight. You know, obviously – I mean, Rosenstrike has that style where it, he's just so aggressive. And Sakai does as well. You know, 11 knockouts. He got TKO'd by, you know, he got pretty battered by Overeem in his last fight. Um, yeah, you know what? This is going to be a pretty fun fight because they're, they're, they're both big knockout fighters. So it's just going to be a matter of, you know, who, you know, who's able to uh, land the big shot first. And that's always a fun fight. Uh, and then we got two more heavyweights in the co-main event. So it's a heavyweight, heavy card. Marcin Tabura and Walt Harris. Uh, th that's a good one. You know, Walt Harris, obviously, lots of power. Tabura can take a beating. Um, good grappling. Uh, th that's a pretty evenly matched fight, in my opinion. Uh, Roman Deladze against Loriano Sarpoli. That's a fun fight. Okay. Um, we got a couple of, I, at least the, the card I'm looking at here on Sherdog, there's a lot of like unknown fighters. Like Angela Hill is on here. They don't know, they don't have an opponent for her. Uh, Makwana Mirakani, no opponent. If this is updated anywhere else, guys, please let me know. <clears throat> yeah, Maki Patolo is another one. Doesn't have an opponent yet. Um, so I don't know how they're going to sort this out. Maybe Amir Khan is going to fight Angela Hill. I don't know. And then if you look down at the prelims, we got Alir Latifi and Tanner Bozer. That's a really fun fight. That's a really fun fight. Why is nobody talking about this? Why am I just realizing that this fight is happening now? 
So Tanner Bozer came in with a lot of hype, uh, you know, a couple of knockout wins in, in his first five UFC fights, you know, lost to Arlovsky, lost to Cyril Gon, but both decisions, you know, went to, went, went the distance of two top guys. He's got knockout power. Obviously, you know, Latifi is well established, but uh, not as a heavyweight. So we'll see how this one goes. Um, Sean Woodson on this card against Yusuf Zawal. I would definitely make it a point to tune in for that one. Uh, and then we got Jordan Levitt on this card as well against uh, Claudio Puelas. Jordan Levitt, you'll remember him. He's the, the very boisterous young man from the Contender Series who TKO'd or KO'd Matt Wyman with that crazy slam in his last fight. That was back in December. Uh, and one on the Contender Series with, with a submission in the first round. Uh, this guy's exciting. Um, he, he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, the prelims are really good on this card. So, yeah. Fun card next week. UFC Fight Night 189. This will be at the Apex as well, so no crowd for this one. But then the pay-per-view the following week, I imagine there will be a crowd. Um, I'm going to be away next weekend again, so I don't know what the podcast is looking like. I know Jeff DeAnimal Wilson and I have to get on the same page. We just, we've just we just been on different wavelengths the last few weeks. He. He's out saving the world on Sundays. If you want to ask him about it, you can message him on Twitter and Instagram at animal underscore Wilson. You guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the rocks everywhere on social media. If you want to get some MMA on the rocks gear, see our friends at team Reaper, reaper1.co. You can grab an over the top under the influence t-shirt, tank top, or sweatshirt. Use the promo code MMA rocks 10. Save yourself 10% off. Guys, please continue to uh, share, leave comments, leave feedback, leave criticism. I've got thick skin. I can take some criticism. Believe me. I appreciate it, in fact, because I'll take it to heart. I might not always do something about it, but I'll listen. <laughs> you know, I, I do things a certain way, and it's the easiest way for me to do them. Uh, you know, I... I I fit this show in when I can. Yeah, I will wash my hat. I was saying at the beginning, Mark, I don't know if you were here yet, that it's got drywall dust all over it from the work I was doing today. Um, and uh, I had a small window of opportunity to record. So I didn't even have time to put a clean hat on. I just I just turn on and go. And and, and I got to be ready to just talk. And, it, and by myself, without the animal, but hopefully we'll get him back next week. We'll coordinate. We'll get something going. Uh, we'll figure it out. I know uh, I know. Jeff definitely misses talking to you guys. I'm sure you, just as much as you all miss hearing from him. So that's all I got. Short episode this week. But uh, I'll save my throat. And, uh, you know, I'll treat it with some more rum to, to make sure everything's in ship shape. All right, so until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.